it's time for Rain and Shine, your weekly regional science update, where we explore how the planet works and how we work with the planet. Holy hotness, Batman. How about this weather? I know a lot of folks out there like the warmth, but I, for one, do not like this level of warmth in January. There are multiple reasons why I don't. First, my just getting good cross-country ski tracks and gorgeous snow have been utterly ruined and turned into a dangerous ice slush field. Second, I worry the bears will wake up too soon. And third, there is the fact that these temps at this time of year is a loud confirmation for the ever-present but sometimes ignorable dread that I have that climate destabilization is happening because of us. What exactly is going on with this weather? Well, last week's cold weather was from a large mass of Arctic air, the first true Arctic air mass of the winter season, according to the U.S. Meteorological Society. It brought us classic snowball and ski weather, and in other parts of the U.S., it smashed hundreds of low temperature records, creating one of the coldest NFL football games on records and the coldest Iowa caucus ever recorded. During this cold pattern, the jet stream, one of those big rivers of air that circles the globe on an ongoing basis and acts as a divider between warm and cold air, had been draped across the southern tier of the U.S. This southern positioning of the jet stream allowed bursts of cold air to race from the Arctic down through Canada and deep into the U.S. So then what happened? Well, this week, in all 48 lower states, temperatures swung up, increasing 50 degrees or more in many places. Why all the warm air suddenly? Well, the jet stream moved north abruptly, allowing warm air from the tropics to surge up and northward into the U.S. In Dallas, where temperatures had dropped as low as 10 degrees last week, highs were forecasted to reach the 60s by Wednesday. In New York City, where the low dropped to 17 last week, unseasonably high temperatures in the 50s were expected this week. And in St. Louis, which was covered in ice on Monday, a high of 50 degrees was expected on Wednesday. I personally talked to a farmer in the Skagit Valley in Washington who said he was frozen one day and then had to dig out his tractor from a puddle of mud the next. Here in Colorado, we are particularly sensitive to the changes in the jet stream because our latitude is just about in the middle of the northern jet stream and the tropical one. So seasonal changes to its patterns are a big part of what historically has given Colorado the reputation of a region where weather can change rapidly, especially in the spring or fall. What happened this week and what is likely to continue to happen based on global observations is that rising air temperatures across the planet are affecting how and where the jet stream flows. The jet stream itself exists because of a strong differential in temperature between the icy North Pole and the warm equator. As temperature rises across the planet and especially rises faster at the poles, this changes that temperature differential, which in turn will change the course of the jet stream. Some scientists worry it may even shut down the oscillating pattern altogether. As the jet stream moves north and becomes more and more irregular, the consequences for weather for us in the United States and in Europe are real. Shifts in rainfall patterns across mid-latitudes around the world and an increase in droughts, heat waves, floods, and other extreme events are occurring and will continue to occur more regularly. It's really important to remember here that because human-induced warming is superimposed on a naturally varying climate, Temperature rise has not been, nor will be, uniform or smooth across the country or over time. Neither will weather. 
the weather and the planet itself are systems. Systems do not act in linear ways. They are much more than two plus two equals four, although they are also two plus two equals four. Okay, so that's what's going on with the weather. Well, what can we do about it? We can work to cool the temperature of the planet by supporting the single biggest movement of carbon that the planet has. Plants, trees, and plankton, and seaweeds that perform photosynthesis. There is enough room for carbon in the biosphere and the soil to absorb at least 180 gigatons of carbon from the atmosphere, which would get us back down to 300 parts per million and allow heat to leave the atmosphere. Holy coolness, Batman. You've been listening to Rain and Shine, a production of the Learning Council, produced by Corey Stanton and written and narrated by me, Calla Rose Ostrander. To submit your nature and science questions, email us at rainshineweekly at gmail.com or visit our Facebook page. And thanks for listening.